0: Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. God has only one son, and he called that son to be a preacher and a Bible teacher. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus, the Son of God, preaches his first sermon in chapter 4, verses 18 to 19. In those verses, Jesus speaks of himself as the anointed Messiah and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The topic of Christ's first message was the Gospel or the Good News. In a nutshell, the Gospel message is that Jesus Christ came to save sinners by His atoning death on the cross and His subsequent resurrection. Sin has devastating effects in that it holds people captive to its power and it blinds men so that they live life in ignorance and cannot see God for who He really is. Sin also oppresses people by crushing their bodies, their minds, and their spirits. And that's just what happens here on earth. The ultimate consequence of sin is death and eternal torment in Sheol. Accordingly, the central thrust of what Jesus communicates in His first sermon is that He has come to deal with the sin problem. Because Jesus proclaims the gospel message to the captives, the blind, and those who are oppressed, the good news is that what He has done reverses the effects of sin, emancipates people and makes them right with God. Thus, when someone hears and truly understands the Gospel message, the reasonable response is faith in Jesus Christ and glorification of the Lord. The good news is really, really good because through Jesus, God has already done what no one could ever do for themselves. The Gospel is authored by God Himself. Therefore, because the Gospel is God's message, it is sufficient by itself. God is a spirit, so ultimately he is concerned with spiritual things. This is why the Gospel message is an announcement that Jesus saves us from the wrath of a spiritual God by providing a spiritual ransom for a spiritual people. All true Christians are born-again spirits who are gifted with eternal spiritual life and that will glorify God in spirit and truth in paradise forever. I say all of that to make a crucial point. There is only one gospel and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a message from God, about God, and contains what God has done for His people. There are no gospel adjectives, meaning if a person ever were to put an adjective in front of the word gospel, then what you have left is no longer the gospel. For example, there is no social gospel, there is no full three-quarters or half gospel, there is no liberation gospel, there is no black gospel, nor is there a white gospel. There is no slave gospel, nor is there a slave master gospel. God's gospel will only become polluted if men try to repackage it with adjectives that refer to natural conditions. Let us not forget that when Jesus delivered His inaugural gospel message in Luke 4:18 18-19, it was a spiritual message in the form of a sermon. It was announced in a spiritual place in the form of a synagogue. It was proclaimed on the spiritual day of the Sabbath. It was pronounced by a spiritual person, the God-man Jesus Christ. But for the sake of argument, let's consider the gospel from a non-spiritual perspective to prove a point. In Luke 4.18, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. If the gospel message is only designed for those who are materially deprived, then apparently material wealth is powerful enough to keep a person out of the kingdom of God then apparently wealth is more powerful than the sovereign will of the Lord. If the Gospel message is designed only for the materially poor, that means even if a man were to give up everything on the outside, yet still have no inward change of heart, he is now fit to hear the Gospel, even if he hates God. When Jesus says He came to preach the Gospel to the poor, the word translated poor in Greek refers to those who are reduced to begging and are spiritually poor. The spiritually poor, regardless of what they may or may not have in their bank accounts, this group realizes that relative to God they are but dust and are utterly dependent on His grace for salvation. A man who thinks himself to be spiritually rich relative to God cannot be saved because all his faith rests in himself. Jesus continues his message and says, He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. If a person is released from captivity to drugs, alcohol, habits, phobias, or pornography, but they do not know Christ, then what is the point? In fact, you don't even need an open Bible to execute external behavioral changes. A person could simply utilize the services of a secular drug rehab or pick up techniques for lifestyle modification from a therapist. If a blind man regains his sight but does not know Jesus as his Savior, then what is the point? He can actually go on to use that sight to lust after and covet things he had never seen before. If the oppressed are no longer subjugated and all of their natural chains are broken, or if social structures are reformed to eliminate systemic problems, what exactly would be the point if those set free gain something now but lose eternity? As Revelation 21 tells us, everything in and of this world is going to pass away. Therefore, Jesus preaches the good news, which points to a spiritual reality that will endure forever when everything in and of this world will be long gone. Jesus is the one who makes the good news possible, so without Jesus as the central focus, there is no gospel message. There are no gospel adjectives because the gospel's message has power based on who it's qualified by, our precious Lord. This is why it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Beloved, by design, what the good news of Christ does is that it brings light into a world shrouded in darkness. It brings hope to a people who have none. The gospel is good news and that news is delivered by Jesus and that is also about Jesus. A person can therefore never enjoy the benefits of Christ without Christ. What separates man from God is sin and only Jesus dealt with the sin problem once and forever on the cross. Sin destroys human beings by holding them captive, blinding them, and oppressing them. Consequently, the only person who does not respond to the gospel message either does not fully understand what sin is or does not comprehend just how catastrophically dangerous it is. Sin bruises us spiritually. A natural bruise will heal over time, but a spiritual bruise must be drawn out. The good news is that Jesus was oppressed for us so that today is not a day of vengeance. Rather, today Jesus proclaims the favorable year of the Lord. He proclaims that God has good will toward men so that all who believe in Christ will be saved. This gospel needs no adjectives because the good news is God's news, and that news is the best news humankind has ever heard. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.